Welcome to 8 Minutes, a new podcast aimed at deciphering the complexities of the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Schuster, and I'll be your host as we tackle today's topic, Solar 101. We'll dive into the different ways solar is sold in the market, what's driving prices, and where some of the big news is in the sector. Come join us. 8 Minutes is about how long it takes for the sun's rays to reach Earth, or about how long it takes for me to run a mile, if I'm sprinting, and there's a donut waiting for me at the end. Let's get it on. The solar industry is hot, pun definitely intended. According to the Solar Energy Industries Association, the SEIA, the average annual growth rate of solar installations has been 33% since the year 2000. There are now over 130 gigawatts of solar installed in the U.S., which is enough to power 23 million homes. And solar is set to grow exponentially over the next few years. The recent Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, that was just passed through Congress funnels billions of dollars into the solar market. Credit Suisse, the large investment bank, projects that the cost of solar could go as low as $5 a megawatt hour by 2029, down from around $30 a megawatt hour today. Solar is about to become the de facto choice for power generation in the U.S. But what exactly does that mean? Let's break down the big three solar sectors and get into what the opportunities may really be for customers. Now, many of us probably think about those distributed solar projects first when discussing the growth of the solar market, which makes sense. These are the rooftop panels we see on houses or buildings or schools. They're everywhere, and that market, it's growing fast. It's not just because the cost of those solar panels continues to come down. New business models have really opened up the distributed solar market in some pretty amazing ways. For instance, there are now three primary ways that customers can pay for a solar project on their roof. The first, well, it's pretty straightforward. You buy the project out of pocket and you fork over the cash needed to own the solar project outright. That means that whatever the project produces as power, that's yours at essentially zero cost and you can do whatever you want with it. Use it yourself, sell it to the local power utility. The point is, once you own that project, the savings from zero-cost power, that really starts to rack up. But not everyone has 30 to 40K to invest in solar panels. So the other two options make it easier for your customer to still get the benefits of low-cost solar, but without having to put up cash up front. In both cases, the solar developer ends up being the entity that owns the panels on the roof. They pay for the panels, for the installation, and for any ongoing maintenance of the panels. And in return, they also own the power that comes from the project. Now, if the, pro- if the developer wants to sell that power directly back to the local utility company, they-, they can do so. And in this case, they would work with the rooftop owner, the customer, to broker a lease agreement where the solar project leases the rooftop over 15 to 20 years in return for a set payment every month. The building owner doesn't actually get any of the power from the project, but they do get a nice little lease payment by offering up the space for the solar panels. On the other hand, buildings that want to actually use the power can sign what's called a power purchase agreement, or PPA. Under these contracts, the building owner agrees to buy all the power from the array at a substantial discount to what electricity costs in the local market. This is usually around a 20 to 30% discount, which can result in big savings for the customer. And the solar developers usually like these arrangements because the price that they sell to the building may be a bit higher than the local utility is willing to pay. Now that PPA 
has a lot of applications beyond just rooftop solar. I mean, think about it. You're offering up your rooftop for the project in return for getting a discount on the power that's being produced. But what if we took that project and moved it down the street a bit? You could still buy the discounted power even if the project isn't on your property anymore. In fact, maybe we could find a big enough parcel of land to put those solar panels on and then start to scale up so we can get cost advantages from putting a bigger project together. We could sell that power to multiple homes, all of whom could get the benefits of lower cost energy. And that is the concept behind community solar. These projects are big, well, bigger efforts. They typically are 100 to 200 times the size of an average rooftop project, and they support a similar number of houses. Each customer purchases a set percentage of the power being generated from the community solar project, and that power is usually at a discount to market rates. Community solar is a great option for a lot of applications. Condo owners, renters, historic buildings, office tenants, small businesses, community solar is a great way to participate without the need for a rooftop. Unfortunately, the community solar market is still really, really small, and it isn't even available in every state yet. The hope is that in the next few years, maybe fueled by the IRA, we will see a real loosening of the restrictions around getting these mid-sized projects up and running. In fact, taken together, the distributed solar and community solar markets make up only about a third of the total solar market, according to the SEIA. The big player in solar, that's utility scale. These are massive projects covering large swaths of land and generating hundreds of megawatts of clean electricity for the local utility. Over 82,000 megawatts of utility scale solar were operational in the first half of 2022. And for the most part, these projects sell their power directly to the utility. In some cases, there may be a corporation large enough and energy hungry enough to buy the power themselves, either through a really big PPA or something called a virtual power purchase agreement or VPPA. So those are the three big sectors, distributed solar, community solar, and utility scale solar. And each of those is poised to really grow over the next decade. The IRA is like rocket fuel, uh, sorry, green, renewable rocket fuel to the market. Our friends at the SEIA again predict that the IRA will boost the solar market by as much as 40% over the next 10 years. So with all of that investment and all of that growth, how should customers be thinking about the market today? On the one hand, there are lots of great incentives to jump into solar immediately, but there are some good arguments to wait too. I mean, if Credit Suisse is even half right about their predictions on where solar prices could be by 2029, does it make sense for a savvy customer to wait until prices fall even further? That's a tough question to answer, to be completely honest. On the one hand, it's likely that solar prices will decline further as the impact of the IRA really starts to take hold. But other firms, such as the energy research firm Wood McKenzie, have shown that solar prices have actually started to bottom out over the past couple of years. For every dollar saved in panel efficiencies, it appears that an increase has occurred somewhere else in the supply chain. How will those supply chain issues affect future installations? Will the U.S. be successful at creating a domestic supply chain for solar that eliminates the need to import these panels from Southeast Asia countries, such as China? Uh, China today dominates the solar supply chain, produces 60 to 80% of the world's polysilicon, wafers, and solar modules. In 2018, the Trump administration slapped heavy tariffs on Chinese solar products, 
tariffs that were only partially rolled back by the Biden administration. But those geopolitical uncertainties should be taken into account when considering investing behind a new project. Do we delay and assume prices continue to drop on pace, or do we invest now and lock in our savings while we can? Regardless, solar is a hot market right now, poised to explode over the course of the next 10 years. This has been your 8-Minute Podcast, Solar 101. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. See you next time.